And our intention is, is to go along to that meeting with the proposal about a, uh, to, to invite them to, to, to take an active role in this, in this project on a kind of a build now, pay later basis, on a clawback kind of arrangement, where we invite them to be part of the project uh, in such a way that they can then get, get money back from, from each stage as it actually happens. But what we wanted to make sure was that we go to that meeting with the support of the community. Uh, and that we go to that meeting with you behind us. Actually, one of the things we'd like to do at the end, before everybody leaves, is to take a photograph of everybody uh, from this evening that we can take along and put on the table at the beginning of the meeting and say, this is the strength of support, the enthusiasm that there is in this town for this proposal. Uh, and so we hope that, uh, that, that you'll be happy to be part of that. We'll do that at the end. So what, the question that we really wanted to frame uh, this last bit of, the, of, discuss, of discussion with whoever here uh, is most appropriate to answer that question is, uh, what are your thoughts on what you've heard? Do we go to a meeting with Dairy Crest uh, with your support in terms of continuing to push the campaign forward uh, around uh, getting access and getting onto that site? Would anybody like to start us off with that? Any thoughts? Constraints on it. So the first pitch to Dairy Press will be 
I've been wanting to do this for the last five years. Here's the top less pound. <laughs>
And English Heritage don't have any money either, so... Yes, I mean, I think the main, the main thing is it's, it's going to be subject to consultation with uh, the Conservation <coughs> Officer at South Hams. Uh, we've had brief discussions with um, the Regional Officer from English Heritage, um, just about the design and progress uh, of, of that, and he's happy to leave it in the hands of uh, the local authority. So, um, that's our, our understanding at the moment, but it's, it's all really subject to um, you know, more details, pre-application discussions with, with the local authorities to make sure that any concerns that are addressed uh, and that's part of the design process that we're going to launch on in the next stage. Now, having forced Dairy Crest to put a nice £60,000 roof on the building, why is it being taken off again? Uh, it hasn't, yeah, they just... Like, yeah. Sorry. It, what, what in fact happened was that they started getting in the line. They began to take off the roof in 2007 um, because they said it was blue asbestos. And that was their excuse for removing it. It was actually the catalyst that started the fight because we were, you know, they were serious. They, we, we knew they were serious about it. Um, what they put back on there was a temporary roof because they had left a hole in one side of it, and in one corner, and of course there was a danger that the weather would get in and, and wreck whatever there was inside. But when that permission was given to put that roof, the temporary roof back on, it was conditional on them re-roofing it in slate. So that is what is going on at the moment, the technical temporary roof to cover it in, in slate. Thank Although actually they, they put their scaffolding up there about six weeks ago. Yeah. And we went down there and talked to them and they said, oh, we'll, we'll be in and out in eight weeks. And there's, I haven't seen anyone down there since. Keep me, keep me informed because I'll do some more. Awesome. Yes. I thought it was really interesting to see on Yamas' website the statements from Dairy Crest. And it almost sounds like the discussion very is going to be a foregone conclusion. Um, but they've got two positions, what they say in their corporate responsibility. It sounds fantastic. So surely this community project is just going to go forward. <laughs> <laughs> Responsibility to shareholders to obtain maximum value. Now the question is, what is maximum value? But they they will have to pursue that as an aim, however however they go about it. So um, they're not in the business of just giving things away. They can't because they have a primary responsibility <coughs> to shareholders. I don't think we can say much much more than that. I mean, they did make a commitment to Sarah, as I said. And they wanted to leave a, a, a legacy here. Um, that does suggest that they, they have got some commitment, but they will have to balance that against maximum value and shareholder value. Sorry, that's about all I can comment on that. We did, uh, um, when we had the, the event which many of you came to down with Jonathan Dimbleby down at the Dairy Crest site uh, about three or four weeks ago, uh, and it, the next day in the Western Morning News, they had a statement from uh, Dairy Crest who said, uh, well, we haven't yet received any concrete proposals for the site, uh, which was 
outrageous really, because they've, they've had at least two very thorough detailed presentations uh, from the Atmos project, setting out the plans. I think what they meant by concrete proposals was a suitcase of cash on the table. Uh, and that's not necessarily going to be the play out how they'd like it So you can have a building where you can have a, sort of a, a, a frame raising and then you can have straw bale infill, get everybody down there, you can have a plastering parties. The first things that happen down there are things where everybody can get down there and get engaged and get their hands dirty and, uh, and say, we made that. And, uh, and one of the things I love, there's a story that I remember hearing about some people in the States who built a straw bale house uh, and they built a house and then they got married in the house and their, their wedding party was a plastering party. They mixed up piles and piles of clay plaster. And then everybody came at a big party and they plastered all the inside of the house. And they said what they loved most about the house was that it had been patted all over by all the people they loved. And I think we could do that on a bigger scale down there. We could have a development down there that we all pat, that we all love. Uh, and so from the beginning, the first thing that goes on there is a statement of, of that intent.
Yes. Um, in the current plans, and I know they're very uh, initial, there is um, some lacking around cultural stroke arts building or facility, which, although there is quite a lot of it up in Dartington, up on the hill, um, so my question is divided between that question around that sort of resource, uh, what the thoughts are around that, and also then, therefore, the relationship to Dartington, really, uh, which will be, I imagine, tricky in that level. Um, one of the things that's come loud and clear from this community from day one is the need for cultural and arts-based space, and that's both public, open space, play, space to, I guess actually some people would put it third spaces, where you get the opportunity to, to mix and meet without necessarily having any other form of, of activity going on. Through to, um, and in fact actually it came from the then head of, of Arts at Dartington, the opportunity to actually pull Dartington, some of the arts that they do there, into the community in a completely different way. So actually I'm, I remain probably quite positive about the relationship with, with Dartington. Um, they, they are aware of the plans they've been constantly badgering me about the possibility of, of meanwhile use of the site and meanwhile meanwhile art use of the site. So temporary installations, the stuff that raises the imagination that is come and gone and, and if you didn't see it then everybody else is talking about it and you're the one that's missed out sort of thing. So I think I think art art and sort of culture and, and food are at the the heart of what we're doing, what we're trying to do on, on the site. And actually, I think Dartington will be will probably be integral to it in a number of ways. Actually, yeah, I'm not, I think one one of the things we would probably counter that with is saying we are aware of the tensions of working with with Dartington, um, and one of the things that is absolutely critical is that this maintains its integrity within the community of Tottenham. I think there's, there's, there's a very strong sense as well that, that, that what happens down there complements the centre of, of town rather than detracting from it. So it's not a case of putting lots of retail down there and stuff that's going to pull people away, but we want something that really complements and that strengthens the town. I'm just thinking about this whole thing of the arts and the vision of the, of the um, project, and I think what would be really interesting would be to have a big giant billboard in front of the site as it is at the moment with that vision of what it could look like. I think it, you know, it's such a dreary looking site, and I think it would be so inspiring for people to see something really magnificent. I mean, it, maybe it could be changed as it goes on, but a big billboard could look quite nice and um, get people into the idea of it. Uh, I just wanted to ask about uh, comments you might have on impacts on the railway station on development and impacts positive on development of the railway station, positive and negative. Have you, what thoughts have you got about that? It's 
design-related impacts or um, practical impacts or, or anything like that. But I, I think um, uh, Network Rail uh, need to get involved at some point um, in terms of any plans that they might have uh, and how that might be integrated into uh, the developments we've got. Um, I think that's uh, part of the process that needs to unfold um, over the next few months, really. But um, in terms of the uh, initial impact, I mean, the, the aspirations are basically very positive. Um, you know, these, these historical, uh, you know, old industrial buildings are part of the, the character and heritage of all um, these uh, railway stations across the towns of um, uh, the countryside. So um, the way that this would be regenerated and integrated into um, a lively and vibrant sort of cultural and uh, commercial hub, and community hub, and uh, I think that would be a positive thing overall, uh, certainly with the uses that are looking to go into it. Um, the only, some of the more detailed considerations might be like the cafe, I don't know whether you're sort of thinking about that. Um, I'm certainly very fond of the cafe, I actually live down on Argyle Terrace, so I'm not very far away, so I pop in there quite a lot. Um, you know, how, how the, the proposed cafe relates to that, I wouldn't want to see that go personally. Um, but how they get involved in discussions and how that unfolds, again, is, is subject to a bit more development. But um, I'm, I'm sure there's a way of uh, keeping the best that we've got at the station and, um, you know, sort of tidying up some of the aspects and maybe answer good in terms of what Network Rail actually wants to do to improve the facilities there as well. And how those uh, merge, whatever synergy can be achieved there, I think, is, is quite, you know, quite a positive thing, really. Going on from that point, is the approach road to the station network property? Uh, no. No. There's a there's a number of land ownership issues down there. There is there is a chunk that is owned. Oh, I can't explain this properly. There is a chunk, a small chunk that you drive over that has an easement on it, basically that needs to get right of access, um, and that. Find some wood to touch. I'll touch the floor. I mean, all of my experience of working in Derry Crest has, has been smoking mirrors to start with, but I've led to believe from them that actually within their sale of the freehold site or their ability to dispose of the site, actually that is named within it so that actually you can get over it. Of course, actually, you want your lawyers to check because there'll be nothing worse than buying a site that you can only perhaps walk yeah. Then again, if we've been truly radical about <laughs> <laughs> So we did say to everybody you'd all be able to go home at 8 o'clock, so maybe we'll take one more question and then, and then draw things to a close. Can we do it Hi, thanks. This is a request, really. Um, my name's Angela. I arrived in September to study, and I've, I've, in the whole time I've been interested in contaminated land. Um, how we as a community can get involved with the cleanup. I feel psychologically that's very important to witness what has happened to land and to really appreciate that there's a coping mechanism of what was required at that time. So, I, in fact, I have a, a contact in the Environment Agency in Bristol um, and I'm wanting to ask them as part of my studies how can community be involved with cleanup of polluted land? And I wonder if there's some scope here for us to work together. And I feel quite passionately about this subject. Um, um, yeah, I wonder if there's some, some 
in the same way Rob was talking about fundraising and, and plastering parties, I can also see kind of clean up and, and it has to be done in a very sophisticated particular way. But I think there's some room here to use technology and science and storytelling and to be very playful about it. And, and I would like to discuss this more and I don't know how to or I'm really asking for some help. I think there could be some synergies here. So, um, as we said at the beginning, this is a, this is a campaign. It's a campaign that we started five weeks ago when Jonathan Dimbleby came down to join us down at the Dairy Crest site, have a picture taken. Uh, there are various ways in which we need you to get involved. We need your support and your input and your time and your energy. We have three tables here. One of them is the campaigning table. If you feel that you have some time to dedicate to distributing some leaflets, if you have a shop and you'd like some, some, some of the postcards you received on your way in to put on the counter, if you have a window that people see and you'd like some to put in there, please do. We would like to get the logo everywhere around town that we can. If you would like some, some more of the badges to take for people, please uh, go to the, uh, the campaigning table over here. We have the, the other table there at the back is, is the business table. Uh, this is if you have particular skills that relate to the kind of business aspects of a project like this, please introduce yourself over there. And on the master planning table as well, we have, uh, we're looking for people who have, who have expertise around that. So hopefully there's some way in which everybody could give something towards uh, driving this forward and helping this to happen. Um, and uh, just to mention a couple of events, there is an event tomorrow night uh, which is um, uh, Polly Higgins, uh, who is um, somebody who's promoting the concept of ecocide, so alongside the, the, the UN rights about uh, uh, genocide and so on, the idea of ecocide about protection for the earth. She's a lawyer. She's speaking tomorrow night at 7.45 at the Methodist Church, if anybody would like to go to that. Uh, and then the following night at the Barrel House, we have an event which is about food and, and growing food. Uh, all of that is on the TTT website. Do keep an eye on the uh, atmos.nest.org website. And there's a bit on there which on the Get Involved where you just click uh, and become a supporter. And you just put your name in. It's very easy. It'll take you about two seconds. We'd like to have everybody here uh, on there. We want to get as many people as, uh, as we can on that as well. And if you keep an eye on that, all the news and developments and stuff will go on there. And if we have your email address uh, on the sheet as you came in, then we can keep you in touch with, with what's happening. Um, so, so do we go to a meeting with Derek Crest with your support? Yes! Would you like this to happen? Yes! Fantastic. Let's do it then. Why not?